Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things He does. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things He does. Mm-hmm. I, I am here, your co-host, Hunter, with the other co-host, Ben Burnett. That's me. And we're also here with a very special guest, the creative director for the Altered Podcast, Dina Burnett. Woohoo, my very much better half. Yeah, they forced me to be here tonight. Yes, we did. Praise <laughs> the Lord. You you brought our, our pretty factor up by like a million percent. So I'm outnumbered by by far. Yeah. By Aha. Burnett's. Yeah. I know. So excited. Team Burnett. Woo. <laughs> that's right. That's how sick we are. So you better watch out. Yeah, that's very scary. Isn't it? Never play board games with these people. That's a hundred percent true. Because Team Burnett will win every time. So we're going to introduce you to Dina here with a couple of questions. Ben, this is going to be really awkward because you already know all the answers to these questions. So I'm going to make you ask the questions. Oh, that's fine because okay. nobody else knows that's listening. Maybe some do, but some don't. So beautiful wife of mine. I keep telling everybody that I'm married up, and so I'm just going to look you in the eye and tell you that. Because you haven't been here to hear that on the other podcast. But anyway, tell me what you do for work. So, <laughs> I don't know why. It just is so awkward when you ask me. I know. Because <laughs> I know the answer to the question. So, yes. So, I am a library media specialist for Foley Middle School mm. here in Berea. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, um, you're a librarian. I am. Okay. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what that is, that's a library. A library media specialist. That's the new fancy answer that says... Because we're more than just books. Uh, okay. We have technology. We have makerspace areas. Yeah, man. The library is really the living room of the school. Like It's if, a central hub. I'm just saying, if there's anybody who doesn't know what all those fancy words she just threw out was, <laughs> it's a librarian. It's because you don't know how to read it. Okay. She shushes people. <laughs> That's actually not that, true. Her library I hate is... shushing people. I want uh, kids in there learning. So yeah, you were peeking. I had to turn you down just a little oh, bit. Oh, sorry, my bad. It's okay. She got passionate about the library. <laughs> <laughs> she started yelling at me. Yeah. So even weirder question since it's me asking it. Tell me about your family. Because <laughs> well, I don't know who your family is. <clears throat> I mean, I'm obviously married to you, yeah. and God. we yeah. have Praise several Lord. lovely kitty cat babies. So many kitty cat babies. Not very many, uh, just like a few. 19. The perfect amount. 19 is not the perfect amount, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> we don't have that many. Do you have any other family out there? Well, my dad. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. And then what about half of our people who have liked our Facebook page so far? Yes. So um, the other day I was looking at the Altered Facebook page, and like half of my family has already um, liked and started uh, following Facebook page. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So last week we were talking about salvation just a little bit and I kind of hinted around at your salvation story. Can you tell me just a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, I grew up, you know, we went to church. You did? (laughs) Ben, stop it. Sorry. (laughs) I do this to Hunter and it's fun. So I, I forget that I can't do that to you. Yeah. So anyway, Starting with the beginning of my story. Yep. Salvation. <laughs> Tell me about it. So, yeah. So, uh, growing up, we went to church, you know, pretty much every Sunday. Um, and uh, so, the church that I went to, I think I was related to pretty much almost everybody in the church. And, 
you know, we didn't really go to, I didn't go to Sunday school or anything like that. So I didn't really get any kids church time, I guess you'd say. And most of the people that went to my church at the time were older people. And so, um, I guess that we probably talked about salvation at some point during the church, but, um, it didn't really stick out to me. So, um, what I did know of salvation was if you really messed up, that's when you went to the front and prayed about it. So <laughs> that's what I knew of it. So you really didn't do that if you could help it. Yeah. And I mean, I was a pretty good kid, so I didn't need to go up front and pray. <laughs> and what and what denomination of the church what did you go to? Oh, that was a Baptist church. Yeah. Should we have specified that? Now the Baptists can't support us either. <laughs> no, I mean, I was just asking because it's different than what we are now. Well, and that's true. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we are with the Assemblies of God. Yeah, so. that's, that's true. Yeah. Which I still love the Baptist. <laughs> yeah, we do. We also love the Assemblies of God. Yeah. We, I mean, we like all so, the denominations pretty much. Yeah. You know? But yeah, so going back, <laughs> so I had this misconception of what salvation actually was just because of what I had seen and heard and... You know, nobody had really actually had a conversation with me about what salvation actually was. And um, so I graduate high school, and I'm starting to come to college, and I end up going to EKU, which is not my first choice, but that's where I ended up going, and that's where God, I believe, wanted me to go. That's where so, we met, so it's yeah. pretty important. So my cousin, who had just graduated from EKU, was telling me about this really cool campus ministry. And so... Uh, he told me that he was going to pick me up for my dorm on Thursday and we were going to go to it. He said, um, that it was a smaller group and that, um, he really felt like, um, I would really enjoy it and not get lost like I would in some of the bigger Christian organizations on campus. So he picks me up and he takes me to Chi Alpha, which is the ministry that we do. That's right. <laughs> on so campus. The next question was going to be your work in ministry, but keep talking. So <laughs> how did that play into your salvation story? So yeah, so I go to Chi Alpha and I met some really cool people and, uh, you know, ate lunch with them. We went and got some coffee. Um, we went to the movies, you know, just hung out and did life. And around September, October-ish, but that particular year it was in September, they did this thing called Campus Wide Worship where the Christians all got together and, you know, they had this big like worship uh, event and... um So that night they talked about testimonies, you know, and growing up in a small Southern Baptist church, there really wasn't like a big testimony night unless there was, you know, something major going on, I guess. (laughs) So uh, just hearing testimonies from people who are my own age was something I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. And... So I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to all of this, and, you know, my mom had listened to TBN, which I know you kind of talked about. <laughs> I mean, we, we have no problem with TBN. <laughs> there are just a few people on there that get us sometimes, yeah. but we still so, love TBN. So, yeah, so I would listen to TBN, and I would hear the preachers at the end sometimes. Do you hear that? TBN's okay, Hunter. He's over there laughing. Uh, TBN, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us, our cash app is. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably need one of those eventually. But, but anyway... The pastors would be on there, and they would be like, you know, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to get saved, say this prayer or whatever. But I didn't want to, like, say it out loud because my mom would be like, well, what'd you do? You know? <laughs> In my mind, that's what I thought she was going to say, you know, because I didn't know any better. Right. And so... um so, you know, sometimes I would whisper it in my head, you know, just in case, you know, yeah. just in case I died in a car accident <laughs> tomorrow, I kind of have like, you know, 
somewhat of a salvation, I guess. Fire insurance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I hear all these testimonies and my, you know, wheels start spinning and I go, Oh my gosh, like I'm not saved. Like I don't have a personal, like personal relationship with Jesus mm. and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So at the very end, um, I don't know, one of the campus ministers gets up there and says, you know, if you want to, you know, uh, give your life to the Lord, find your, find like the nearest campus pastor. And our campus pastor at the time was Ray Treese, who was literally the oldest campus pastor in U.S. history. They can't find an older one, literally. <laughs> are you, like, are we being serious? We're serious. He was There's 70. an article written about him. There is, yeah. He's in his late 70s. He was 80 when he passed away, still doing campus ministry. Like, let's, let's try to find this article and post it on the Facebook page. Okay. We have it somewhere. We do, yeah. yeah. We'll have to post it. Copy of it, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I look over at him and I'm like bawling, which he kind of like at this point has already met some of my family and knows us. And like, he was wanting to put me on like Chi Alpha leadership team because he knew that I came from like, you know, a good background and everything. You were a church kid. And so, yeah. And, um, I was ready to lead a small group Bible (laughs) study and everything. I was ready to go. And so, um, I go over to him and I'm like, Ray, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and that's a problem. And he looks at me and goes... (laughs) Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ray was pretty gruff. He, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we prayed, and then I got baptized. Uh, I think it, was, it wasn't, it was like, on Christmas, but, like, I wanted it to be as close as Christmas as possible because I, I did want to get baptized in my, at my home church. So, yeah. Um, so and Ben yeah. was going to Chi Alpha at the same time? Not no. at that time. No, no, not at this time. That was pre-me. Whoa. Yeah, I wasn't even in college yet. Technically... Wow. I guess, realistically, I am older than you. Yeah. I just learned something new today. Dana's a cougar. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, it was going to happen at one point. We have so many cats. She loves cats. She had to make them, yeah. yeah. Um, so, a couple of things just to kind of go off the last podcast was, you know, in the last podcast we talked about the fact that going to church doesn't make you safe, though it is important. It's just like, you're, you know, you sit in a garage, doesn't make you a car. Um, going to church doesn't make you a safe person. That was part of your experience. Um, I heard you say several important things like I wanted to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and we're actually going to be talking about how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So last week we talked about this whole idea that, um, you know, the gospel is important. Um, for the next few episodes, I don't know how many, we're going to be doing this series on how to be a Christian and Dina, what are we calling it? Living that Christian life. Living that Christian life. So. I, I would foresee it being five, um, I, I could think. Mm-hmm. Prayer, uh, Bible study. I can't remember what the rest of them were. Church, attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, fighting off temptation. Which oh, you that's need, a good one. Which you need the first three that we're talking about. Holiness? What? Yeah. 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 Uh, holy, hey, Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. He did. He did um, and then we will talk about evangelism in the fifth. Okay. So I could see that being five. Unless mm. we just... There may be some more. We enjoy talking. Yeah. Uh, so they might be extended to part one, part two, uh, or something like that. So, but Never know. There's going to be five, uh, probably five topics yeah. in this. Yeah. So. so yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're sitting out there right now and you're going, wait a minute, a personal relationship with Jesus? You mean I can't just go to church? How do I be saved? We were actually talking about this before the podcast, and we just want to throw it out there that salvation is deeply important. And in order to be saved, um, you know, last week we talked about the fact that the gospel is simple and yet so deep. And so your salvation experience can be exactly the same way. 
to be saved requires you to confess before God that you're a sinner, um, to believe that he is Lord and that he was raised from the dead. And so, Hunter, what does Romans say about confessing Jesus as Lord and believing that he was raised from the dead? Yeah, Romans 10.9 says that you confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart. Yep, you that you confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth, yep. that you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, and you shall be saved. Romans 10.9. Yep, and so it's as easy as that. If you're sitting out there right now and you're going, I want to be saved, I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, but I don't know how, all you have to do is pray a prayer. Lord, help me. I'm sorry for my sins. Um, I believe that you died for me. Three days later, you were raised again, and I ask that you would help me, that you would forgive me of sins and help me to live my life for you. And that right there in and of itself sets you on a path, the path of salvation that you stay on and pursue the rest of your life. Now, there are things that are important there, but we believe that that's the moment where salvation starts. Um, Jesus does command us to be baptized, and so that's where the local church really becomes super important in that. At the very beginning is if you want to be baptized, I feel like you kind of need somebody to baptize you, and therefore you need a local church. And from there, you pursue the Christian life with all that you have. And while you're pursuing the Christian life, you're pursuing Jesus and all the things that he loves. And one of the things that Jesus loves is the body of Christ. So make sure that you find a local church to be a part of so that you can be encouraged and so that you can encourage others. It's really important. And if you're listening here in the Richmond area, we have a really great church yeah, you do. can attend to. Yeah, we uh, call it Real Life Community Church. And we've talked about it, I think, on every single podcast. That's how much we love it. It, it is a great church. Uh, but also, we did mention last week, we do have resources to help you find um, amazing Assemblies of God churches all mm -hmm. across the world, right? Yep. yep. Um, I know yeah, we are a nation. worldwide, yeah. Uh, one of the fastest growing denominations in the world. Right. And mm -hmm. so we, we have um, access to able to help you find and even reach out for the pastor, uh, out to the pastor and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if nothing else, if, if you don't see it, can't find it on our Facebook page, can't find it anywhere else, uh, reach out to us through direct message and we will make sure we get you fixed up. Yep. Super excited about that. And so we talked about salvation uh, for a second. So hopefully if you listen to Dina's story and listen to Ben's story in episode one, you realize that, hey, salvation is the most important part. Um, I said it in episode one, it is the start of eternity. Mm -hmm. um, that is where eternity starts. Well, eternity starts one way or the other, but you're, the good side of eternity yeah. starts uh, there. Right. Um, also, after, after salvation, I think... Uh, the very next step is developing a prayer life. Start working on that prayer life. And that is what today's episode is about. Yep. Living that Christian life, episode one, um, is... Oh, you're confusing me. Episode uh, one? I thought this was yep. episode three. It is, but this is the episode this one. This is part one <laughs> Episode one of living the that series. Christian life. 3.1. 3.1. Wow. Okay, we're getting oh, very... I am a tech director. 3.1 <laughs> sounds delightful. So, okay, either way, the first episode of this series <laughs> is is on prayer. That's right. And so uh, Ben is going to dive into the first subject of on our list here. We are. And, and you know what? That very first subject is why do we pray? Man, why do we pray? Well, to me, yeah, the very first thing uh, when somebody says, "Hey, Hunter, why do you pray?" Mm -hmm. my, my very favorite answer to go to, and this is from R.C. Sproul, is because God told us to, mm. um, and He always gives a more elaborate answer after that. But I think yeah. He's does it for a laugh, but it's true. Does God tell us to pray? God tells us to pray in multiple places, but the, uh -huh. one of the, my favorite ones about it is Thessalonians 
First Thessalonians chapter five. Mm. And Dina, as you heard, is a librarian, so she is a professional reader. She's a professional. She gets paid to read, which is amazing. <laughs> so if nothing else, we have brought a professional reader on the podcast to read to us. First yeah. Thessalonians five, I think it's like sixteen through eighteen. Yeah. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Mm. So I'm going to ask you to read 16 one more time. Rejoice always. And then the next one? <laughs> is that really all 16? That's is? all 16. Uh, wow, it's Jesus wept, but yeah. different. <laughs> it's one of the shorter, shorter it's passages. the ESV. So uh, rejoice maybe, always. Maybe... Uh, King James was like, rejoiceth always or something. I don't know. Pray without ceasing. Ah. Okay, so here we are instructed by Paul. Again, last week we talked about is an apostle, so he speaks with the authority of Christ, Mm. and he tells us to pray continually. Without ceasing. Right. What what does that mean? Don't stop. Don't stop, yeah. Don't stop. You're praying. Anyway. Sorry, we, we, we have to redeem some songs yeah. because they're so good. <laughs> uh, I knew I was going to have a uh, headache with the, <laughs> with the two of you. You know, um, this, is, this is two podcasts in a row that I've sang. I think I'm going to have to stop this. We'll stop the podcast. You do stop this singing. All the stop time. singing. I know. So, it's never so we see prayer continually. He says, first he says, rejoice always, mm-hmm. and then pray continually. And what's right after pray continually? All right. So after pray without ceasing, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So for you. we're we're praying continually, we're rejoicing always, and we're giving thanks in every situation, every circumstance in our life. So most of the time, people pray, right? And we're going to get into how we pray and what what is prayer. But we pray in a sense of always asking God for something. It's God help me, help me do this. Money's tight. We're having marital problems, this or that. But here, Paul is saying, do it in a grateful, joyful, uh, worshipful way. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't don't let your prayers always um, asking is not wrong, but don't let them be always uh, Debbie Downers. Give like thanks a and pray. Like a genie in a bottle kind of situation. Like, uh, yep, the cosmic bellhop Jesus. We talked about that last <laughs> week. I even sang the the um, Aladdin Alibaba. I sang that last week. I won't do it again. You just did. I know. <laughs> well, but how do you how do you describe it otherwise? So yeah. so Ben, so we have oh, well, prayer on well, the pause, side. Pause. Because I have to ask a question. Uh oh. So here's the here's here's my question on prayer. Is prayer only asking things or is there other parts to it? What do you what what I thought prayer was only asking for stuff. No. You're wrong. Oh, so what is prayer then? So prayer to me, it's more it's more than just asking for stuff. Uh-huh. Like sometimes like I'll just be like driving in the car and I just, I don't know, have a random conversation with God, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know, thanking him for stuff, just like you would um, have a normal conversation, I think, with anybody. And I think that as you develop your, you know, your prayer life, um, it becomes easier, just like whenever you're dating somebody and you're getting to know them for the first time, you know, that first time out is going to be super awkward oh. and, you know. Uh, you're not going to know what to say. Your palms are going to be sweaty, and it's just going to be... Your knees weak, arms like, are heavy. <laughs> like awkward is just always the word to use for that, you know. Um, but as... 
as you get to know one another, it becomes easier, you know, to talk to somebody and you know what they're thinking and all of this stuff. And I think that that comes with some discernment too, like mm. from the Holy Spirit. So, wow. Well, and Ladies also, and gentlemen, that's why we have the podcast. <laughs> also, I think uh, I, I like to talk about is, is communing with God in the same mm-hmm. sense that you was. It uh, goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the day and communing with God. And that is what God's redemptive plan is all about is having communion again with his creation. And this is a key to that. We, we are able to commune with God, the creator of the universe in all things, not just asking for stuff, Mm -hmm. but in general conversation, praise, worship, Mm -hmm. um, gratitude. I mean, and yep. Just all, I hate that song. Uh, Jesus is my friend, but what, but in, oh in, in this, but in this, it's true. It's like you're talking to him throughout mm-hmm. the day, just like Ben and I talk every day. Yeah, your relationship can't be strong if you don't have genuine conversation um, over time. Yeah, and it doesn't always have to be lengthy. Yeah, but it needs to be. Genuine. I mean, like it could even be just walking down the sidewalk and seeing like a really pretty flower mm-hmm. and being like, wow. So, but that's what I was getting at to go back to what I was originally asking is prayer is really this time where we commune with God. And so it is a conversation. And it, it's funny that, that Paul, um, sometimes he separates it out and he says, um, to, 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 um, through prayer and supplication. And I really think that supplication is the, is the piece of prayer that is asking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to make supplication is to try to supply the things that we need. If you would think about it like that. And so prayer, though, is just this, this concept that, hey, we're going to talk to God and we're going to hang out. And the other thing about prayer is you don't always just talk to your friend. Sometimes you listen to your friend. And so we'll talk more about that as we go. But um, there is a, an aspect of prayer where we listen, and that's where the Bible is really important. But also there are times when we just listen in prayer and see what God directs to, to us. Um, and so there you go. So anyway, so that's a little bit about why we pray. Dina, you have another scripture verse about why we pray? James 4, uh, verses 2 through 3. So let's, let's narrow that down real quick. Why do we pray? Because first off, God told us to. First off, God told us to. Um, we pray to be grateful. We do. And we pray to commune with God. Yeah. And then whatever James here tells us. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So why do we pray? Part of why we pray is um, we do not have because we do not ask. So we pray um, to receive from the Lord because that is important. But what was that last thing that it said? You pray, but you don't receive. Why? You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Mm. And I think that's a big part of it, too, is we, we pray often. Um, we pray the will of God over situations. Um, and so how do we know the will of God? We read the scriptures. We ask the Lord to show us. Um, but yeah, super important. And I think with that too, sometimes I think just because we pray about it, that it's going to like for sure happen, which we do want it to happen, obviously, because that's why we prayed about it, but we don't put any work into it. Mm. Like, and that's besides that. just, you know, not just like thinking about it, like, you know, with that, you kind of sometimes think, you know, um, you spend it on your passions. Like it makes me think of like money almost, so to speak. Like, you know, if I want to buy a house, like, but I 
keep buying like all those TikTok things that like you open up and like cute little critter pops out of the you know container or whatever. But like if we spend, <laughs> I'm sure you guys don't do this, but you know. Um, the the scariest words in my house are, "Hey, I saw this thing on TikTok the other day." And... <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I haven't bought any of those. Um, but you know, spending all of our time and and all of that if we're doing other things you know we might not be spending it toward what we want to have happen you know so yeah yeah god please let me have this job promotion so Mm -hmm. i i can do this i can buy a beach i can buy my dream vacation house i can do these things you're having other uh dreams and aspirations other than his will you're trying again you're trying to implement your will we talked about last week it's not about your dreams and aspirations anymore it's about his dreams and aspirations in your life or from him to you um and it's not about you it's about him how am i going to use this to expand the kingdom and things like that so talking about kingdom real quick i heard this really cool um example that americans do not know what a kingdom actually means because we live in a democratic society Mm -hmm. so this person that was talking um he said that he which he was like really rich or whatever so he like flew to england for the weekend or whatever and so um it will be (laughs) not anyway so um (coughs) he flew over to england and he is with his friend at some big church or something and um he's talking to his friend and he's like what are like why are they you know, why did they close down the church or whatever? And the priest was like, because the queen hath needed of it. So, you know, nothing belonged to the people. It all belonged to the queen. And that's an interesting concept when you start thinking about prayer, because we always ask for things to benefit us when really, well, what should we be doing? We should be praying because of God's kingdom. Because it's all his anyway. Because it's all his anyway. That's true. Um, one of the things that sticks out to me, and I, f- I feel like that kind of segues in some ways. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that that prayer is a way for us to commune with God. Prayer is something that we do um, when we do have need, because the Lord does tell us that we can pray and ask that our joy may be full. That's what John sixteen says. Um, another th- another reason why we pray though is because it is actually a, a weapon. Um, it's a spiritual weapon to to help us in time of need. And so Ephesians six uh, verse seventeen says that we take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. The interesting thing about that is we always call the sword of the Spirit the Word of God, which we would say is the Bible. But it doesn't end the thought right there. It says that we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. And so I think it is both. I think it is this idea that we, we read the Word and we pray, and out of that we fight the spiritual battles that we need to fight. All right, so why do we pray? We pray because we love God and we want to be with Him. That's the biggest reason. Um, and so we talked about the whys. Now we need to talk about the house. Dina, Matthew 6, verse 5. What does it say? It says something about the Lord and praying and stuff. Tell us about it. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty 
praises as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. There there are certain verses in the Bible that you always want to say King James. Yeah. John 3.16. I was hoping that you guys didn't catch oh, that. Oh, no, we did. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with the King James Bible. Um, You know, I've, I used it. I grew up on it. You know, I know it. So there are still verses that I can really only, I don't want to say only quote in King James, but those are the ones I default to, like this one. Um, you and know, like we, the Christmas story, whenever uh, the Peanuts version, you know, whenever, was it Linus? Yeah, it was Linus. Yeah. He stands up there. He stands up there and reads it. Anytime, like, our pastor gets up there and starts reading the Christmas story in ESV. I'm just like, mm, no, no, yeah. that's not it. It like, doesn't hit the that's same. Not, yeah, when it's not in the King James, that that uh, Mary was sore afraid. It makes it more special. It does. It does because it agrees with peanuts if nothing else. Um, but yeah, this is one of those. You know, our I'm, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Anything with an English accent just sounds more sophisticated. It does. So it totally does. I think I'm just on the. I'm, I just didn't grow up. It, with that, you didn't grow up on the King James, no, really, no. Uh, oh, buddy. So, if anything, it was New King James or or more, mm. but or more, oh, or more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, yeah, King King <laughs> James or or you know your American Standard Version or yeah. your CSB, which which was your that Holman. that one's actually a, a more recent right. Tra- well, I'm saying, but it was but your young too. Yeah, it was your Holman. The Holman Christian Standard Bible. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, I remember when the ESV came out. I was one of the first people who was like, "Wow, it's a word for word." I'm gonna anyway. I nerded out like I do now on cool stuff like that. So uh, I just okay. Yep, that's right. So okay, so I want to dive. I want to dive in here. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so when you pray, so number one, what that tells you is you should be praying all the time, right? Well, uh, yes, from Thessalonians chapter 5, but let's start in verse 5 here when it says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. Oh. So what what are they talking about here? Mm. Um, who, who were the hypocrites? Yeah, so Jesus is really kind of talking about religious people of his day. Um, when, the, when the Pharisees would stand up, and, and this is the very next thing he says, so I'll just read it. He says, for they, talking about the Pharisees, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And so what he's talking about is he's talking about the Pharisees who loved to get up in front of people and be like, I am so holy, I'm going to pray, I'm going to show everybody how great I am. Now, as we learned earlier just a little bit, if that's you in your prayer life, stop it. Because your prayer life is not about you, right? Um, your prayer life is about the kingdom of God and this idea that we want to further and advance that kingdom. And so don't be like the hypocrites. Right. Don't be like that. And, and he kind of explains that. He says, don't pray in the synagogues or on street corners. That's not saying you can't pray on a street corner, but if you're doing it with the intent to be seen and people think oh, he is holier than I am, he must be really close to God. As Ben said, stop it. Stop it. Yep. Verse six also says, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
and, and I think that's just again edifying the fact of I'd much rather you pray alone where nobody sees you so it's more genuine mm-hmm. um, again I don't think there's anything wrong with praying out in public no um, but it's all just like the, God doesn't have a problem with money God has a problem with money having you not you having money oh that's good and yeah. so really think about that when it comes to prayer yeah. don't pray for the people's eye uh, pray for the people's ear so that they can hear you pray mm-hmm. um, and it, it does something to their spirit and glorify God yeah yeah. it yeah. is not about boasting yourself up yeah yeah it says so and when you pray do not heap up empty phrases so again I'm not trying to make myself sound smarter than I am I'm not mm-hmm. trying to sound myself or make myself sound more spiritual um, and he calls out Gentiles uh, for they think that they have, or they think that they will be heard for their many words. Uh, do not be like them. He, he calls them out. I was just going to say, like, I think, you know, back in the day when I was like a baby Christian, that was very intimidating when I was asked to pray out loud for others, you know, because that's something Pastor Ray was always very adamant about was that we pray for each other. And I was always like really nervous about that because, you know, the main core Chi Alpha group, was, you know, like super Christians, you know, compared to me, you know, and I was like, I can't pray as long as they can, (laughs) you know, and then, you know, Ray talked to me and he, he showed me this, you know, right here. And he was like, it doesn't matter what you say, just say what you want to say and, you know, move on. Yeah. Well, and I caught myself the other day, I was praying for a situation and I really wanted this thing to come to pass. And so I was like, Lord, I just pray that you would do this Lord and please Lord. And then I stopped and then I just repeated myself all over again. And this verse came to mind, and I went, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter that I repeat myself 20 times. God heard me the first 20 times. <laughs> um, and, and God knew it before you asked. And that's what the next verse is, yeah, that God knew it before I even asked. So, And so, again, uh, and we'll get into a question that I have about this uh, later. <clears throat> For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So why, then, is this import- important um, to the sense why do we ask? Why doesn't God just give yeah. what what we need yeah. when he knows we need it? Because it's commanded. I mean, James, the the reason why we read the verse in the book of James, uh, James chapter 4, was because James chapter 4 says that we have not because we ask not. Mm-hmm. That's another one of those that I have in King James. But um, you have not because ye ask not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it says, then pray like this. So he may know, and yet we know too that we have not because we ask not, so we should ask what you got? You're thinking. Well, yeah. So I, I look at it as I have a child, mm-hmm. and around ten forty-five, eleven a.m., she gets kind of hungry and starts wanting lunch. I won't always give it to her at ten forty-five until she starts coming to ask for it. Mm-hmm. I know it's starting to get at lunchtime, and I know that she's probably starting to get hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, a difference between me and God is God knows <laughs> the 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 intent and the exactness I know the in this situation I know the roundabout she should start getting hungry but I'm not going to give her something to eat until she asks for it because I'm not going to cook a meal and let it be cold on the table but when she asks for it I know she's hungry um, even though 1045 rolls around in my brain I'm starting to think she's probably starting to get hungry so I'll let her come ask for it and I think that's important here in that kind of light is that, does God do the same thing? He says, you have not because you ask not. And yeah, well, Lily, you could have had food at 1045 <laughs> if you would have asked for it. Now it's 1130. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. And so uh, 
Jesus says, pray then like this. So we've, we've, we've kind of talked about all of these other things. Now, let's get down to the root of it. And so he starts off and he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, what does that mean? What does hallowed mean? Um, it's a reverence, mm-hmm. holy. Um, well, I think it's, it's here is that Jesus is even saying this about himself. Mm-hmm. Like the God on earth is showing reverence to himself, the, the trying being of the Father in heaven. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. So it's a reverence, a holiness um, for the creator of the universe. Yeah. yeah. And so I would argue that, number one, um, that starts off with worship because, again, prayer is really not about us. And so if we start prayer by turning our affections to God and going, God, you're awesome. God, you're the one who does all this stuff. We are refocusing on what we should be focusing on to begin with. Now, a friend of mine, old Pastor Chris that we talk about all the time in real life, he also says that this should be a declaration, and I also I agree with that statement as well. And so not, so not only is prayer, um, is not only is hallowed be thy name a, a part of worship in prayer, but it is also a declaration that, hey, Jesus, you're going to come back one day, and every knee will bow. And so hallowed be thy name, there's my King James, sorry guys, <clears throat> hallowed be thy name is one of those things where we pray and we simultaneously Praise God and declare that he is awesome and amazing and that he's coming back one day. Then it goes on from there and it says, and I'm oh, just about King James again. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we talked about this idea that when we pray, it's, it's about him and that sometimes we pray with wrong motives. And so I think this is the place where you better check yourself or you wreck yourself because it is about his kingdom. It is about his will. And so your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I also think that there are certain things that we can commune with God about in this instance, like, God, what is your will in this case? But there's also this this idea in my mind, at least, of there are things that God told me to pray for, like my leaders. And so when I get to this place, once I talk to God about his will and all these things, I pray and I say, God, so I know that it's your will. You told me to pray for my leaders, um, that it may go well with you is what the Bible says. And so I ask daily, um, you know, Lord, would you, bre- would you bless our president? Would you bless our Congress? Would you help them to make good decisions? Now, do they always do that? No, but it's a good thing that I'm praying for them because if not, imagine the shape they'd be in, right? And so you should always, always, always pray for your leaders. Another one that I always try to throw in there is always try to throw in there um, that God would raise up laborers into the harvest fields because that's another thing that Jesus says. He says, pray that I would raise up laborers to enter the harvest field or um, <clears throat> the, the, you know, the translation of that is, Hey, pray that there would be people who would be out there spreading the gospel. Like we talked about last week. And so that's a big part of it is I pray and I ask God to raise up laborers. Um, when I when I get to this section, I pray and I ask God for um, um, the safety of the saints all around the globe and that he would give them the boldness to preach the gospel. Um, and then I, lastly, I pray for Israel, that God would bless and protect Israel because that's another thing that Scripture commands us, that, that when um, people love Israel, that God blesses them. And so I always try to pray a blessing over Israel too. So, And we do, and we do this in church um, in our call to worship. Mm-hmm. Usually we pray, and every time I pray, it's always usually for someone's salvation, mm-hmm. that God, God's will will be done 
God will draw them into him yep. and they will receive Christ. Yep. Um, so let your kingdom uh, come and your will be done. And because we know that it's not us and our great preaching and our great call to worships or worship yep. service that saves people, but it's by God's will and his doing that yep. brings people to salvation. Yeah, it is, it is God's will that all men should be saved and come to the knowledge of him. And so um, one of the last things there that I'll hit is this is also where I pray for um, God to help me with sin. And so there are times in my life when I just want to be sanctified, right? That I, I want to stop doing these things that seem to just keep popping up. And so when I get to this point, I know it's God's will that I stop sinning. Right. Um, whether I reach that point on earth or not is not the point. The point is if I'm sinning, it's a problem. And I know it's God's will for me to stop. And so when I get here, I'm like, Lord, you know, I want um, to, I, I told a lie the other day and I don't want to do that anymore. Would you sanctify that out of me kind of thing? Right. So, and um, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, now this is one where I would, I think people argue that this is where I would ask, hey, God, give me stuff. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, give me this day my daily bread. However, what is daily bread? So R.C. Sproul here in the ESV uh, Reformed Study Bible. So if this is wrong, blame him mm-hmm. uh, and look in their ministries. Uh, but he says this is the only translation of the word daily that we get. Mm. Um, in the Greek text. Mm. I did not know that. Um, so what do you think that means? Well, he says that here it means that daily would mean necessary, future, uh, or tomorrow's uh, bread. So saying it's it's necessary, uh, it's reoccurring today. Like, I need this to survive. Mm. And I would, I would take that back to Exodus mm. uh, with the manna coming from the sky. You know, give us, please give us our, our daily bread. So what does the Bible say about true bread and true drink? Do you know what the Bible says about that? Anybody? So the Bible, what, so what does Jesus say? He says, my body is true bread and my blood is true drink. So I would actually argue that when we get to give us this day our daily bread, instead of me spouting off a, a big list of requests that I really want, this is where I pray, God, would you help me? Would you fill me with your spirit? And would you give me more of you? And so I pray that every day, whether Dina knows it or not, I pray that every day over the two of us. I pray it every day over the Chi Alphas. I pray that God would bless my pastor and help him to be full of the Spirit and to do the work of God and to, and to have the boldness to preach the gospel wherever he goes. Um, when I pray, give us this day our daily bread. Yes, I need, there are provisions that I need that may, I may not survive if I don't have them. But in America, I'm pretty blessed. You know, I don't run into this this lack of physical food where I'm starving. But my soul always longs for true bread, which is the body of Christ. I think it's interesting. I think the cross-reference for this is Proverbs 38, uh, 30, verse 8, mm-hmm. not 38. Like there's no uh, Yeah, there's no 38. Uh, so, Dina, will you read that for me? Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. So that would be our daily bread. Mm-hmm. What what is need did for me today? Yeah. Um, and this is why when Jesus says pray in the morning, mm-hmm. um, well, Jesus did that often. He right. would get up early in the morning, go up on the mountainside, you know, all that stuff. Right. So pray in the morning, my daily bread, because it doesn't really benefit you if your daily bread if you're pray, only praying at night. Yeah. Um. So give me what I need to survive daily. Um. That is a, it's, it's only granted from you. It's a gift from you. Mm-hmm. And you drive whatever you need for me into my life. Yep. 
Yeah. And that only comes by prayer. Yep. Yep. And so then he talks about forgiving our debts as we forgive those. Uh, well, there it was again. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. That's at King James. Well, spiritual debts is, <clears throat> what is that? That is plainly put sin. Oh, that's sin. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, this is where I repent of my sins. And because we uh, we always say, and you may ha- hear this around uh, the churches you go to or you've been to, is that Jesus paid the debt that we can never pay. That's right. Um, so forgive us of our, our debts. And I like to say thank you for your son who paid the debt for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say that, you know, he paid that ransom mm-hmm. and he made it clean. So Yeah, and it's interesting that it says, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. You know that the Bible actually says that if we don't forgive others, that God will not forgive us. Yeah, it's right below it. It's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It is. It is verse 14. Um, and so that, you know, as I, I used to read this and I used to pray through this, I never realized that the very next verse talks about, hey, guess what? God doesn't forgive you if you don't forgive people. Well, I think it's important um, to think, so, hey, God, forgive me of my sins, but you are building this hatred because that's what it is. If you're not forgiving people, you're building bitterness mm-hmm. towards people who have sinned against you. Yeah. Um, and I always use this phrasing and we'll get into it later, but uh, like a lot happened with my parents in a divorce. And so like my dad always said, well, you know, I don't know how you'll ever forgive me. And my phrase always was, it's because of, a, of God or it's because of a man who forgave me, of a lot, I can forgive of little. And no matter what transpires against you on this earth, it is a little pea, a little, a little tiny pebble to what your transgressions was against God. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we, we murdered his son in a horrible, cruel way because we wanted to take the kingdom for ourselves, which is really what the Bible teaches. Yeah. That's big. If God can forgive us of that, we can forgive anybody of anything. And if you if you don't want to if you want to know what your sin, what kind of like slap in the face to God your sin was, read the first three chapters of Romans. Right. It just talks about how God hated the sin that was into the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so it ends with, "Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." So. I know you. I was going to ask this too. Go ahead. I have a question. Yeah, <laughs> and this is probably one of my my rapid fire of questions. Does Jesus and we've debated this a lot for a long time? Does Jesus lead us into temptation? Hundred percent, no. Dina, tell me why. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, this is a big answer. <laughs> yeah. So, so what does the Bible say about about um, God tempting people to sin? For God is not a tempter of evils, and he tempteth no man. That's what the King James says on that one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <clears throat> We're just going King James all out today. I should just speak the entire time I, in Old English. I have a thought. Yeah, go for it. Um, Jesus put the disciples on a boat and sent him, sent him out into the Sea of Galilee, knowing that a storm was coming. Yeah, it actually says that he compelled them to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, yeah he, he was like, hey... You go, gotta go, 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 go. go. Yeah. Um, and knowing that a storm was coming, he he tested them. Mm-hmm. Um, is that not a type of temptation? Mm, yeah, be. but were they doing evil though? No, I'm not. But I don't think temptation has to mean into sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's a test. Uh, hey, 
don't don't lead us into temptation. Now this this right here might be talking just about sin. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they they failed mm-hmm. miserably, um, and Jesus kind of scolded them for it. Yeah, well, not kind of. He did. He did. Uh, but he sent them there, mm-hmm. knowing what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He again, he knows what's going to happen before they happen. Um, he is all knowing, mm-hmm. and he did this for a purpose. Yeah. And so did he? Did he lead them into that test? I mean, he does command them to go. So it's just an interesting thought. So and and so that begs the next question. Now it says, "Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." So the implication is, don't lead us into evil. Now. Is every evil sin? Because when we think temptation, at least I do, I think sin. But the Bible tells me that God does not tempt anyone to sin. Right. So, is every is evil always sin? I think first we have to d- define what evil is mm-hmm. and what is evil. Does the Bible <laughs> define talk about evil? That? Yeah, sure. Does the Bible say that God relented of evil against people? It does. It does say that. Now you would say, well, then that means that God makes people sin. No, that is not what that means. In that particular passage that I'm thinking of, it is actually talking about a natural disaster. When it talks about evil, it's actually talking about evil that befalls people. And when you think about the book of Job, for instance, the book of Job, evil befell Job, yet God is not the one who did it to him. Now, some would argue that God is the one who suggested Job to Satan in the book of Job. And he allowed it. And he allowed it. However, when you look at Job, but God is not the one who does the the thing to Job. He does allow it to happen, however. Um, and so anyway, I guess the whole roundabout notion then is, so this whole implication with evil then is that God doesn't force us into evil, but we can pray, Lord, would you keep us from temptation? Would you keep us from evil? And I think the implication there is, would you keep us from falling into something that could, even though it's not sin, still be bad for us and we don't like it? So my main question in all of this, do I think temptation means bad all the time? Do I, I think it could be a test. Here, I, it would make us make me think that it is, don't let us stray into the devil's temptation. Don't let us stray into into these things. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And I, I, I could see that too. And I would also, you know, if, if you don't talk about, um, you know, sanctification when you talk about the Lord's will earlier, you could also pray it here. Lord, would you sanctify the sin out of me or, or right. whatever. Right. So yeah. Yeah, lead us not into ten- temptation, but deliver us from evil. Interesting thought. So, and so should we, do we have to pray like this all the time? No, but it is interesting that when you pray, it says it says pray then like this. Um, well, I think also if you're new to prayer, kind of like what Dina was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. um, this is a great way to do this. Because yeah. sometimes when I'm walking down the street and I'm just glorifying God, mm-hmm. um, I'm hallowing His name. Yeah, you know, and that's that's all the prayer is. Yeah. I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. Um, but if it is a laid out prayer, structured in a sense, Jesus has given you a. The heavenly prayer. Here you go. It's a great framework. And I, I was recently convicted about this. Well, I can't say recently anymore. It was like a year ago. But I do often use this framework, even if I don't say exactly the words. I, try, I usually try to. Um, but almost always I will pray in this framework. And so if you hear me pray out loud, I often go through these. I mean, it's almost always. Well, look at the priestly prayer in John 
16. The yeah. one that you call the Lord's Prayer, I, I, and I was really confused. Yeah, because yeah, I call it the Lord's Prayer because it's actually it the Lord's him. Prayer. Yeah. So in John 16, like you were talking about, when Jesus prays, we talk, you know, you called it the Lord's Prayer, and it really confused me. It is the Lord's Prayer. But it is the Lord's Prayer because he prays there. And, and he structures it out this way. He does, but he doesn't say these words. Exactly. And so when you look at it, he, he does you know address God as God and all these things. Yet, he doesn't say all of this stuff. And so, no, we don't have to pray like this all the time. Um, yet it's a good way, to, good way to... Well, that leads me... Is there anything else, first off, you want to say about the... Lord's Prayer. No, no, I'm good there. So this leads me to want to talk about, because we're talking about living a Christian lifestyle, right? We're talking about living um, in that, we're talking about prayer. So there might be some common questions about, that new Christians have about prayer. Sure. So this will be asked to the panel. Um, so Dina, that means you too. So be ready. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, so I'm part of the panel now. You're part of the panel. Well, you've um, been part of the panel. Anytime you want to interject, you go for it. So, are there different ways to pray? We kind of we kind of demonstrated that, but let's talk about are there different ways to pray? I think so. Dina, are there different ways to pray? I, th- yeah. I mean, I think so. What's give me an example? You could sing. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting concept. I think especially like if you're really happy, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, kind of like how you just like, I don't know, maybe some people are not like this, but like when I'm really happy, I just like randomly sing random stuff. She does. <laughs> so uh, prayer can be public. It can be. It can be private. It can be. You can talk out loud. You mm-hmm. can stay silent. Yeah. Um, I do think there's a special thing in praying out loud. I don't do it often, but I do think there's yeah. a special secret sauce to it. I don't know. I mean, it might be just where we are. We're a little Pentecostal. Well, it could be. Like you could even do something nice for somebody else and pray for whoever it is to receive it to like, Hmm. you know, like even like going through like Starbucks line, even though Starbucks can be controversial, but like, it's okay. (laughs) We we love caffeine. What? So, Oh, I'm sorry. But like you pay for like the person behind you. Right. And Mm -hmm. you could just, I don't know, even be praying for them. Yeah. A little prayer blessing. So, yeah, and that leads me into the next question. Hmm. They don't know the question, so this is kind of impressive. I, well, I don't, I don't yeah. know the questions either. I'm, I'm real scared. <laughs> so what types of prayer are there? Mm-hmm. So one of them that we just said, so I'll start with that, is the prayer of blessing. Uh, you see Abraham pray, pray, pray a prayer of blessing. You see it multiple times throughout Scripture. Um there are supplications. We we know that that's th- something that Paul kind of separates out. He says with prayer and supplication. So supplication is this thing where we ask, I would argue, more than anything else. I think there are prayers of praise. Psalms filled with prayers of praise. Um, there are prayers where we ask for specifically wisdom because it says, God says that when you, uh, if you ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. Um, he knows how to give, give good gifts to his kids. Um, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to you. So there are times when I ask for the Holy Spirit. Um, there are times when I pray and I don't use words. That's one of those that I think we forget to mention. But um, the silent prayers, yeah. the the prayers, yeah, where where it talks about my uh, the Spirit intercedes for me with groans that are too deep for words. Still a prayer, mm-hmm. right? So you have prayers of praise, petition, mm-hmm. intercession's a yeah, big one. That's the next one, confession. that's one that I haven't said yet. Yep, confession. Yep. Um, so things like that. Yep. So in that we have a. The Lord's Prayer includes praise, right? Mm-hmm. So what is what is praise? It's thanking God and just talking about how great He is. It is honoring God and the things He does. Oh, buddy. 
The Altered Podcast. The Altered Podcast. <laughs> so in praise, yeah, I glorify and adore God for his holiness. That's right. His sovereign rule over all and his salvation given in Jesus Christ. Yeah, the fact that he's super duper duper amazing. Um, so what is intercession? Dina, what is intercession? So um, I actually looked this up on dictionary.com and it says the action of intervening on behalf of another. And an example that it gives is the action of saying a prayer on behalf of another person. You librarian, you look at your dictionary. It's what I do. It's what you do. Okay. So intervening on behalf of another person, that is intercession. What's the next one? What is petition? Ooh. Tina, what's petition? I got this one. That's all good. So petition is making a request. So like if you sign a petition, you are specifically going, I want this thing. Here's my petition. Yeah. So the difference of petition and intercession is, is intercession is on others' behalf. Yes. Petition is on my behalf. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so what are prayers of confession? Ooh, Dina, what is a prayer of confession? Don't look it up on the dictionary. You know what a confession is. <laughs> well, what, you know, whenever you ask it like that, I, I want to have like a, you I know, know, answer. So, yeah. so what is confession? So confessing is confessing out loud what you were doing, right? You're spilling your guts. <laughs> you tell God all the things you've done. In confession, I acknowledge my sins. Mm-hmm. In repentance, so changing of my ways mm-hmm. before God and receive his forgiveness. Yep. Ooh, it's good. And receive his forgiveness. You know, that's real important because a lot of people don't receive forgiveness. They just beat themselves up over and over and over again. And that's what I say about, uh, in, in my prayer, I, I, I pray a little differently than some people at some uh, about this because I, in this as well, am, I'm not only say I'm sorry for my sins. I'm also saying thank you for sending your son who's already paid for them. Mm-hmm. So in that way, people leave that out, but yeah. I think that's very important yeah. and to I, acknowledge the finished works of Christ at the cross. Yeah. And I, and I, I've to actually take that one just a little bit further and say, and Lord, would you please help me never to do this again? Mm-hmm. Way to show me up. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> With what attitude should we pray? Ooh, humbly. Um, yeah, the, the God loves a, a contrite heart, it says. So mm-hmm. we want to come to God with reverence, respect. Um, never look at me, but always look at you. I should pray with humility, love, and ready uh, for openness to hear and do God's will. Yeah, you good. can find that in Second Chronicles, Psalms uh, 31 and 46, Luke 18, and Philippians 4. Hmm. What prayers should you learn as part of your rule of prayer? Oh, so number one would be the <laughs> Lord's Prayer. Yeah. The one that we just, that I can quote in King James at least. Um, a lot of people like to quote, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Psalm, um, oh, I'm blanking on the number. Is it Psalm 32? The, um, uh, I, oh, it's going to be like one of those Tim Hawkins Psalm? things where you, like, you just say like a random song. Just a random song. Psalm 23, right? Psalm 23, that's it. Yeah, the, the, um, I walk through the shadow. Yeah, walk through the shadow of death. I, I shall not fear for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they cover me. Yeah. Again, King James. Yeah, it, and I was trying to think of it not in King James, and I just could not do it. Um, I think there's also like, what is it? The the London Baptist Confession. Like those, there's prayers in that sense. Like they come out with. Well, like, are you talking about the like the prayer confession we like we read as a church sometimes? Yeah. The, so there, the, but I don't know if that's the London Baptist. No, confession. No, that's not. It's not. But there are like that's for some reason that's the one that comes to my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's and I I don't have it memorized. But there mm-hmm. are 
things like that that churches quote. Yeah. Um, and there's a book of prayer that's not from the Bible, but it's just people who write down these prayers that are biblical. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and they are they bad. are intended to be congregational prayers, which right. we didn't mention, but is also important. Right. So these are yeah prayers that you pray together yep. as a group in one body and one mind to God. Yeah. Um, those are okay to memorize, I yep. think. Yeah. And, you find those in hymnals. Um, I think the Methodists have a book of prayers. I, I think I know the. Um, we get ours from uh, the Lutherans. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the London Baptist Confessional. I think is reformed. Uh, they, I, I think that's what they use. That's why I, I keep that in my brain. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what should What should you remember when prayers seem to go unanswered? Ooh, that's a good question. Number one, I think you remember that that God is bigger than you, and so if it's His will that this prayer not be answered, though you may really, really want it. It's God's will more than mine. I think that's number one. Uh, what Isn't you there th- a song about that? Thank God for unanswered prayers. Oh, but that's Garth Brooks right there. <laughs> <laughs> the the great hymn writer, Garth Brooks. <laughs> Sorry, that's all that like was going through my mind when he was saying that. It's still a good point, even though I don't know how moral Garth Brooks is, but it's still a good point. Yeah. I should be certain that God always hears my prayers yes. and answers them by his wisdom. Yes. Oh, man. Speaking of that, sorry I had to interrupt you. I've been reading this great, great book by R.A. Torrey. It's called How to Pray. And in there, he says that you should remember. And I, I've, I've said this. I've heard Francis Chan say it. I love Francis Chan, by the way. He's not an old dead guy. Um, he is a living guy. But Francis Chan, super awesome on that, too. But R.A. Torrey, he's like, you should remember that when you pray, God leans down to listen. You know, he's not only is he way up here in heaven somewhere, but he also makes sure that he is hearing you when you pray. And so that radically, when I, when I remember that I'm not just throwing words into empty air, that I'm praying and someone hears me, it completely changes the way I pray. That's why when I was talking earlier and I said that I think praying out loud has some kind of special sauce to it. I think it's because it makes me remember that, Hey, somebody hears this. It's not just a thought that's going through my head. It is me talking to the person of God and him hearing me and I would say responding accordingly, accordingly, even if that response is no. Yeah, so he answers them by his wisdom Yeah, for my good and for his glory. Yes. So remember, he does things for always for his glory yeah. and always for my good, for those who are in his will. Yeah. This is a, a, a deep one as well. Um. How, and, and you can even bring up a personal experience if you need to to drive the p- point home. How should you pray in times of suffering? Ooh, that's good. So for me, when I'm praying in times of suffering, there are times when, and, and Pastor Chris, I think, says it best. He talks about there are times when I just need to sit back and let the Spirit pray, intercede for me with the groanings that are too deep for words. Um, the book of Jude also says to pray in the spirit to build yourself up. And so those are the times when, you know, we're, we're somebody's got people. Um, I pray in tongues. And so those are, there was the times when I'm like, Lord, I need your help when I pray. And so I, I turn to that prayer language that God gives me through, uh, baptism of the Holy spirit. And I, I pray in tongues. Um, other times my biggest prayer, um, when I'm in suffering is thy will be done because it is not about my will ultimately. And I have to remember that. Dina, you have anything to add there? 
Um, so for me, probably like one of the hardest moments I ever have had to experience is when my mother passed away. Um, you know, we live in a broken world and we do know that ultimately, you know, unfortunately we're all going to at some point die. Right. And so my mom had been talking to me and she said, you know, that, um, you know, basically that at some point we're all going to die, you know, and, but when, either her or, um, my dad, if they ever, well, she did pass away, but, um, you know, to not grieve and just live a life of misery after that, because she's going to be, you know, in a much better place. And so the night before she passed, which she had been, she had cancer. And so she, um, had been doing really good, but the night before she passed away, she, uh, kind of went downhill really fast. Um, and it was so fast that like, it was one of, those situations where you didn't even think like maybe like a hospital was even wor- like necessary, like of a trip. And I don't know ultimately if that would have helped at all to be quite honest. Um, but, um, we, uh, were sitting there with her and like so audibly could hear God say, this is the last time that you're all going to be together. And it was me, my mom and my dad all in the room together. And, Obviously, it wasn't the words that I wanted to hear, (laughs) you know, but um, looking back on it, I'm thankful for that moment, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that leads us into what happened with Lil, um, my daughter, in a sense that, so she died at birth and they brought her back and we'll get into that deep story later on. Um, Check out the real friends podcast for that story. And in that, in times of massive suffering, we pray that well, say you're sometimes your wants and thoughts come into your prayers and you can't help it. Right. Especially like when your mom and things like that. But that prayer then was if she lives or dies, God, you're still God, and I just pray that I worship you as such, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Um, and there's only one way you can pray that, and that's when the Spirit intercedes for you. Yeah, because that that is not something your will prays for. Yeah, especially in those in those mentalities. So, uh, I think that's something to remember is that God, you are God. Your will is always going to be looking out for me. Your will is always going to be looking out for the loved <coughs> one that we're praying for. Uh, your will is is looking out for these people, um, and I need to trust in that. Mm. Um, even though sometimes the answer is not what I want to hear. Right. Um, the what I'm referring to for these questions says, I should pray trusting in the sufficiency of God's grace and in joyful assurance that uh, suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Mm. Sounds like a Bible verse. It is, and I think that's Romans 5. It is. It's Romans something. I don't remember if it's 5 exactly. I think it's, uh, I think they have it down here. 5, 3, of ch- chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. Gotcha. Um, and I have a question I'm going to add to this, and Ben and I disagree on this. Mm. Yes, we do. I know what you're going to ask. Can we, so we know why we pray, mm-hmm. we know how we pray. Yes. Can we change the mind of God? Mm. Oh, good question. So I say yes and no. 
Now, that's such a cop out. It is, <clears throat> but here's why I say yes and no. Um, if I if you had to if I had to pick one, I would say yes. Now there are things that I believe that God has set His mind towards, and you will not change it. Um, I think you can ask for it all the times you want to. I don't think it will change. However, there are times in Scripture where we see that God changes His mind on some things. the The story of Hezekiah is one of those, and that story is found in Isaiah 38. It says. In those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, Go, and say to Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and will defend this city. So here's my problem mm-hmm. with that. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> not that I have this problem with this Bible verse, yeah. but this, the thought process. Yep. So you're, you're trying to tell me that... Um, God, before before this situation happened, mm-hmm. did not know this was going to happen. I'm not saying he didn't know it. So his mind was not changed. I'm just saying that it, it, his mind may not have been made up one way or another. It, it Obviously, he sends Isaiah to Hezekiah, and he says, Hey, Hezekiah, you're going to die. The Lord, when he prophesies stuff through prophets, it happens, or they're not prophets. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. And so... For him to tell Isaiah to go prophesy this to Hezekiah means that God told him to do so, and therefore it will come to pass. However, Hezekiah prays and weeps bitterly before the Lord, and that's when something changes. Therefore, I think, personally, that God... It it was one of those things where it could have gone either way. His will wasn't 100% set. Therefore, he changed his mind. Now, did he know this was going to happen? Yes, but... Here's the other thing about that. Just Let's just think about this for a second. Now, I'm going to use a totally human example. Totally human example. But there is this thing in special forces training. Um, it is called Robin Sage. And the Robin Sage exercise, I think it's the last thing they do in, in like the, I think it's like the selection training process. I'm sorry, special forces guys. I, I, I'm a huge fanboy, but I don't know all, all the stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> in Robin Sage, what you do is you are, I'm sorry, I hit the mic. Hunter's about to kill me because I keep hitting the mic. <laughs> in Robin Sage, you basically go on this, this training exercise where you are helping an insurgent force, quote unquote, um, I think take over their country or something. I'm, I, I think that's how that goes. And in the Robin Sage exercise, you make a choice and they have literally war gamed it out to try to think of every possible scenario that could happen. And so say for instance, you, um, you take out this supply train to keep the enemy from having supplies. When the exercise, you're attached to a, a force of indigenous people, and those indigenous people have to feed you and clothe you and take care of you and all that kind of stuff. And so you destroying the supply convoy, one of the possible scenarios is that that also cuts off your supplies because they're both getting supplies from the same group of people. Therefore, your indigenous force can no longer feed you. Now, if a group of people can figure out every possible scenario, quote unquote, or close enough, you know, to where it's never the same thing that happens every time you have all of these different choices. 
Can you imagine the mind of God who knows literally everything and how literally everything could turn out? There may be times where he goes, you know what? I know exactly what he's even going to choose. But I'm not dead set on any of it. And so, let's see how it plays out. That was a dumb answer, but... I just I just don't know that's how it works. And so, I don't either. So, when Ben and I disagree, so what we're going to do is, is we're going to say why we disagree, and that's pretty much how it ends, yeah. um, because we, we will never change each other's mind. That's really... That's, um, we've tried. Well, that's why we had all these phone conversations. Um, the I, I would say, I mean, you look at Paul praying for healing. You know, mm-hmm. it obviously didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus prayed in the garden saying... Mm-hmm. If be possible, let this cut pass from me. And it was not possible. Because it was not the will of God. God's mind was made up. Yep. I don't know if there is a situation where God's mind is not made up. Um, like we go to Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. right? And they there's this barter between God mm-hmm. and Abraham. Yep. And I can't remember what that original number is, 50, 40. It's, yeah. But it goes down to like... Five or five something. or ten, yeah. Um, the details of the we're, we're almost there in Genesis uh, in my Bible study, but I just can't remember the numbers not coming back to it's me. Okay. But uh, does God is God's mind changing? I genuinely don't think so. And he's about to slap me. No, I'm not. <laughs> it is interesting, however, that let's say for instance, God makes man, and in the book of Genesis, you have this moment where the flood happens, right? And God's about to destroy mankind. And it says that God repents of the fact that he made man. Hmm. That's an interesting word to use. It's, it's just, I would, he knew that man was going to be terrible. And at the same time, it still hurts his heart so bad to see this place uh, where they got to that. He's like, mm. I heard a sermon from, uh, John MacArthur on yeah, this. Some, some Calvinist deterministic guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but, no, but he, he made the good point of this is the writers. Because remember the Bible is the word of God, but it's mm-hmm. also written by humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this way to what is what us, the reader be able to under, try to understand the mind of God yeah. just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to humanize some things in the mind of God for us to even get an inkling of what's going on. That's true. Because if, if God explained it all to us, we'd be like, we'd be drooling on ourselves. Right. So, so how would we possibly read this flood that's about to take place mm-hmm. and be able to comprehend why God was about to do this if we yeah. didn't try to humanize what was going through God's mind at this point? Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I'm not saying that there is our situations that we see in the Bible that people are negotiating with the creator. Mm-hmm. We see it. You just read one. We just talked about two. Um, Paul asked that this thing happen. Jesus asked that if it's not the will of God, don't let this happen. So mm-hmm. we, we see that these things are asked. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that these things can't change. The situation can't change. But I'm saying that ultimately God knows the beginning from the end. Uh, he's the creator of time. Mm-hmm. God is not bound by time. Mm-hmm. God knows everyone. And the hairs on your head. Mm-hmm. To tell me that his mind is not made up on one thing, um, it, I just I just don't set. Does he have to have his mind made up on everything, though? I mean, that's the other question. God doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to do anything. So it is possible that he could just be like, I'm going to let this play out however it goes. Now, he may know the end from the beginning, but that doesn't mean that he literally made every part of it happen. Just yeah, my thought. I, just, I, I think there are times when God just, goes, you know what? Let's Let's just see. 
That just doesn't jive in my brain. Now, is, is it? It really seems hard to yeah to figure out. He knows the end from the beginning, but he doesn't know what happens in the middle. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I think he. I, so here's the question: Could God go? You know what? I'm just not going to look ahead and see. I think yes. Oh my goodness! I think there's parts where God goes. You know what? I don't have so. to know everything just because. I technically do. I don't have to go like I don't know. I just think that God doesn't have to do anything. Therefore, there are I think there are things that God goes. Let's just see. But I mean, like if He didn't change His mind, why would we pray? And and that's a good question. But prayer is not for God; it's for us, right? So God did not give prayer for Himself. He gave it for us so we could have communion with Him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, and but to me, still. it just it, it just doesn't drive in my brain. But we're running out of time. We are um, to to ramble on about this. Yeah. Uh, but this is why we have these conversations, and there will be, there'll be more to come because yeah. there's plenty of that Ben and I disagree. We're on. gonna have a Facebook page, and you need to get on there and just just tell us what you think too. Hey, yeah, you know what? There is a I just added a button that says message me, and uh, okay. it will shoot us a Facebook message. Um, cool to the altered podcast. Please be kind. <laughs> yeah, and um, do you, do you think? God can change his mind uh, because I'll be interested. Uh, and I don't think we will ever know the answer to this. No, not um, on this side of eternity. So there, there is no definite answer in my opinion. Yeah. There's probably some pastors out here like, this is no. This oh yeah. Is there's going to no. be somebody who's like that Ben guy's an idiot. Uh, and there's Hunter guys talking about heresy over here. So, yeah. I mean, look, we, we understand and we get it. These are just a thought process we go through, mm-hmm. and this is open, real conversations that we we have to work things out. And you may be asking the same question. That is a general question: Can we change God's mind? Yep. And you have two pastors sitting here. One says yes, and one says no. You know what's great about this question? It is not a salvation issue, so we can go whichever we want to it. And either way, God's in control. Right. If God changes His mind, it's because God knew He was going to change His mind. It's because God chose to do so. And yeah. and He's God, and God knows what's going to happen throughout. Uh, the, the next scenario going on. Yep. If God does not change his mind, it means that he set it in motion yep. and he, hey, guess what? Yep. I, I know the end from the beginning. Yep. And and lastly for me, and I have to say this just because it hurts me if I don't, it goes all the way back to, well then if, if God knows the end from the beginning and makes everything happen, does he cause people to sin? And the Bible tells us no. So at some point he doesn't determine literally everything because he doesn't make a sin. But that's just me. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Um, so, we end every podcast. Sorry, Dina, I'm excluding you from this. Aw. <laughs> we end, But if you disagree with his answer, I might let you butt in. Okay. Um, I end every podcast with a random question for Ben. Week one, episode one, it was, who is God? Mm-hmm. Episode two is, if my car won't start, <laughs> what is the first things I do? This week, I'm going to bring it back to the Bible. Okay. Um. For new Christians. So mm-hmm. next week we are talking about Bible reading. Yes. Diving into the Bible. Woohoo. Um, My favorite thing. So if if for new Christians who are wanting to study the Bible, mm-hmm. where do you tell them to start first Ooh. book? Matthew, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people would say John. I disagree. The only reason why John starts with a really heavy thought-provoking. John chapter 1 is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. And and when I read that, I go, no, 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 no. When I read Matthew, Matthew is a little more, this happened, this happened, this happened. Um, And in Matthew, 
it lays this great foundation for, hey, I need to go back and start reading the Old Testament so that I can understand a little bit of this. And so when I read the book of Matthew, and then I go back and read Genesis, I go, oh, wait a minute. I remember seeing that in Matthew. So I tell people, go to the book of Matthew. You'll see the genealogy of Jesus, which don't skip over that. That's super important. You'll see um, the Sermon on the Mount, which I call the cliff note version of everything Jesus ever taught. I love cliff notes, so read the Sermon on the Mount because that bad boy is important. You get all the good stuff in Matthew. Dina, do you have uh, uh, are you, is it the same, or do you think that they should go somewhere else? Yeah, I kind of agree with Ben a little bit on this. And Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, just that Matthew is number one, just a great place to start because it's the beginning of the New Testament. But it's a little bit easier to start reading that than it is Genesis. And most of the stories in Matthew, for the most part, if you hang around any Christian circle, you're going to know some of those stories and are going to be able to relate to them as well. So, Ben? Yes. Uh, Dina, thanks for joining us. You can join us next week if you want to. They're cool. usually always here. My wife's asleep. Yeah. She's <laughs> nine months She's nine months pregnant at the time this is being recorded. So. We, we asked her. We said, hey, you want to be on the podcast? She's like, no. <laughs> oh, she, she has a genuine interest, just not at nine months pregnant. Well, yeah, it's too well, late. Well, and she worked all day, too. Yeah. yeah. So she's a trooper. She is. Um, so, but Ben, oh, it's always a pleasure to be yeah. able to conversate. This is the first time, this is the first, po- first podcast we talked about something we disagree on. That's true. This is the first um, of what me. I would call the, not authentic, but like this is the first, like it was when we were doing the phone conversations. So. Right. So, and there'll be more, yeah. um, <laughs> tons of them. I laugh because I sometimes hear like the one sided part of the conversation. Yeah. You know the phone conversation. <laughs> so that's why you're and, and Dina, thanks for coming on. You, I'm sure you'll be on many more times. And uh, it's always great to have the Burnettes with us. That's right. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear for everybody who heard my dog, but we're going to play out our awesome theme song that Miss Dina made for us and uh, play it, Ben. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does. (laughs) 